Gunsmoke, are you ready to climb in the saddle and accept the Captain Commando challenge? Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. And I'm Joe. And uh, guys, in other news, the Captain Commando Challenge is still around. I just, uh, <laughs> I kind of forget that that exists, yeah. so that's yep. still a thing. 1988, here we are, and Captain Commando, uh, who hasn't even had his own game yet on, <laughs> on the system, is just basically Capcom's mascot at this point. But I'd argue almost any other Cap- Capcom game that's come out could have been yeah, their mascot right. instead. It's like and, that and, whole, like, oh, why do you keep trying to make Captain Commando a thing? It's never going to be a thing. I don't, I don't understand it. I'm uh, waiting for a Captain Commando reboot. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> well, refresh our memory. What is the Captain Commando challenge? Well, the Captain Commando challenge is just beat the game kind of thing. You know, and it's like, <laughs> right. like if you look in the manual, it's always like a, a special message from Captain Commando. At like the And this is for all of the games that have that. Uh, and it's just like thanking you for buying the game and then just like... You know, one of the uh, it's part of the Captain Commando Challenge series. Right. So, but it's not a it's not a challenge to complete compete all of those games. Like the cha- once you beat all the games, you've completed <laughs> you get a T-shirt. Yeah, you've completed the Captain Commando. Well, challenge. I like the idea better. It's like Mega Man, where like you actually have to beat. <laughs> All of the these games first, and then you send and then, in the yeah. beaten game, and, and then you, you unlock game. Captain Commander. You know? <laughs> I think they ship you a game that's like the final level with all of the games incorporated in some way. Yeah, and actually, now that I, we were talking about uh, Mega Man, Captain Commando wasn't part of that, right? Mega Man was just his own thing. It wasn't like part of the Captain Commando challenge. I think that maybe like Captain Commando is just Mega Man in disguise. Okay, mm-hmm. he's more like Cable. <laughs> from uh not cable tv uh cable from uh like marvel like x-men cable? yeah x-men uh-huh. cable uh he looks a lot like that <laughs> except for uh from what i can best tell he just wields guns on both hands like, he is... has no hands he just has guns for hands i dig it i like it too uh one thing also we should note is that uh i called this game gun smoke but uh there is a dot or a period in there uh so we didn't call it gun dot smoke I didn't think of it like the dot hack series on yeah. PS2. Like I, I can't tell if we should like refer to it as like like Drive Three R for Driver Three, <laughs> or like all these weird like stylizations of names. I didn't realize that it started so so early. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like Drive Three R is ridiculous. <laughs> like that's, Drive Three R. Like that's very clear to me what it should and shouldn't yeah. be. Um, you know, like that would be like saying, "Is it double?" You remember se- Drift Three R, though. Right? I'm just saying, like, is it double O seven or is it ooze? Like, seven gets the. It's like four being the letter A. Like, who decided? Yeah, but it could be. Things. Is it double O seven or is it just seven? Right. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah right. Two O's before. Yeah. In fact, there's there's actually an infinite amount of zeros in front of any right. number. Yeah. Is it so just, that's oh, important to seven. remember. Is that true for even, like, things that have zeros after it? So if it's, like, a yeah. million, uh, there's still, like, millions of zeros in I front mean, of that? Well, you know, mathematics is just a concept. So, I mean, <laughs> it, if, it, if it virtually has zeros in front of it, then it doesn't matter. Uh, I boomed you. Okay, cool. <laughs> you boomed me, and now I'm going to boom you with a fact. Uh, we are playing another shmup, but this time you're not a spaceship. 
Wow. Yeah. What are you, Sean? You're uh you're a cowboy. Yeah, you're a cowboy <laughs> in the in the it, wild it west. It doesn't sound like it translates, but <laughs> Yeah, this is what I called to the guys earlier this week as a sushi western. Yeah, you know? I love it. Uh because for those of you that don't know, spaghetti westerns and all that with Sergio Leone. Uh it's kind of weird that uh the Japanese have chosen to make like a very American focused game here, but I welcome the uh, variety in shmups. We yeah, could, you know, yeah. I, I mean, it does make sense. I, I mean, westerns are are popular everywhere, um, and you kind of see that you still see movies that sort of inco- incorporate yeah. western into it too. I'll admit it. I like a good western. Even old westerns, like from the from as far back as the forties and fifties, like I watch those movies as more like a guilty pleasure because <laughs> things are just cool. The plot sucks. The acting is pretty bad. John Wayne's not a good actor. Don't no. at me. And <laughs> and like all these things are happening. I wonder where I, the crossover for that is. Yeah, I, <laughs> I just like the uh, yeah. Please now let me know if you actually like John Wayne and have a Shane's the only good cowboy. Yeah, uh, okay, that's that's true. Uh, Shane's a good cowboy flick. Uh, shout out to Sean McLaughlin for showing that to us. <laughs> um, okay. It took me a second. Yeah, it's getting all over the place here, but I was just saying that I really like the aesthetic of the Wild West. No, I do. So it. I welcome Gunsmoke. But did anybody watch the Gunsmoke TV series? Never. No. Uh, like a catch but it's it not related, t- right? No, it's yeah, not. Okay. But I imagine that's why they had to put the period. In. Oh, yeah, for you copyright. Know, like, if you just call it Gunsmoke, you'll be like infringing <laughs> I mean, on at copyright. At that point, they should. They might as well just put an extra space. We wouldn't even have noticed an extra space between gun and smoke. And does, does uh, that, that count? That makes sense. Too. Or was Gunsmoke one word? It doesn't matter. What about smoking gun? But that's also a thing. Yeah, that's actually that yeah. sounds like um, like that's an a, LA noir, noir style yeah. NES game. Like, yeah, that's what uh, I thought Gumshoe was supposed to be. Right, right. You were really looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, so this is an on rails shmup, uh, but to be fair, I think everything. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a been. shmup in in every way except for like some control differences. Yeah, and, yeah. and a new coat of paint. Um, but like you know, this game sort of has. Uh, it, it looks like. Uh, commando. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is definitely like a Commando meets 1942 vibe yeah. going on here. Right? Except I, it's better. Uh, yeah, I will say it. I also think it looks better than both. Like, I don't know if that's what you meant by looks, but I think like aesthetically, art wise, it looks much better than. Yeah, than both I, of those. I meant it like uh, whereas you are controlling a. You're, you're controlling a person. Right, top down, top shooting down, shooting people, up, right, yeah. sort of thing. Well, yeah, and we'll, we'll definitely get into all of this. I actually mentioned those two because those are Capcom games. That's so true. So they they do come even in the arcade versions. They come before this. So this is clearly like a let's look at our catalog to take get what we learned. Yeah, take and, what we yeah. learned, and we'll see if they learned anything later on. But before we get into gameplay, <laughs> we should do a little tales from the manual. The only the only thing I really wanted to mention outside of the plot, which I think we should get into because that's always fun, is just like the level of detail that has gone into this manual to give you like a level of awareness of what you're doing in a game that tell that doesn't tell you much. Like you get the names of all of the enemy bosses, you get the names of the like locations for each stage. You get the names of every single enemy. I, I just, I like this level of comprehensiveness that we usually only see in, like, Nintendo NES manuals. Right. And it's funny because before this podcast, it seemed like that's just a given. Put that stuff in the manual. Like, that right. That you should just, that stuff, information should be available somewhere. So it's it's 
weird that it doesn't show up more often. Yeah, and I even like the the art too of like the wanted posters. Yeah, the wanted mm-hmm. posters are cool. Um, I I think that it's not even close to being like our most like ludicrous manual. Oh no, I no. still think that kind of goes to like Legend of Zelda for just like really covering like how to do most of the beginning of the game and like having a oh uh, yeah you mean in terms of actual game. usefulness yeah, yeah, yeah okay so i meant more sort of like uh Weirdness. like a schoon oh okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah where there's an opera inside yeah, yeah. of it and everything like that uh sean do you want to walk me through the gun smoke story so in gun smoke uh you are a uh you know a lonesome stranger that walks into town of hicksville do you remember the name Billy Bob? Billy Bob it is. The okay. fearlessness, Billy Bob. The, the You know, you have the fearlessness of Billy Bob. I don't know. Wait, are you Billy Bob or do you just have his fearlessness? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just have his fearlessness. Well, you technically just have his fearlessness and he the is player. Billy Bob. You're <laughs> okay. not like possessing Billy Bob. You're more like watching it. Okay. <laughs> as you're playing it. Um, well, you know, uh, when he gets there, uh, it, it seems that some, some bandits have taken over um, by the likes of uh, Bandit Bill. And Cutter Boomerang, and among others. Yeah, the the big names being the Wingates. Yes. Uh, those are the, uh, I guess, like the mob bosses, if yeah. you will. What do you call those guys in Wild West? The gang. Robber Barons. The gang, right? Robber <laughs> Barons, I like that. Maybe. And just a gang, too, like yeah. the Wingate yeah. gang. The, the, Wingate, the Wingate clan. And they attack the town of Hicksville, but not the one in Long Island. Is that uh, a- <laughs> there's a Hicksville in Long Island, and I just don't want anyone to think that's... Under it very uh, well could have under been. discussion, yeah. yeah it's very um, far west. And then I don't know where I got this information from, but uh, during my research of the game, I also found out that it takes place in 1849. Well, is it's very it, important. Is because, that mentioned in the well, in the you manual? know, because Hicksville was a ghost town in nine, in 1850. So right. <laughs> <laughs> after all of the senseless killing that yeah, Billy Bob right, does yeah. in this game, well, so really, all, all Billy Bob <laughs> has done is delay the inevitable by six months. Um, so you really are just fighting a losing war in this game, and you should know that um, if you if you if you read your history. But anyway, so you you, you do all the killing, and uh, then you know when you win, everybody loves you. That's, yeah, okay. That's the game, fantastic uh, description of the game. I'll add that uh, it, the you know kind of the objective of this game is to. Uh, kill, walk through kill, the kill. levels. Fi- yeah, kill, kill, kill. <laughs> walk through the levels. Find the warrants to produce the the bosses. It's not really finding the, the wanted, it's a wanted poster, poster, so you know oh, who you're okay, looking okay. for. Okay, because you don't want to kill the wrong person while you're indiscriminately <laughs> shooting at everybody <laughs> that you see. Right. You know, and I don't know why, but all week I've had warrant in my head for this game, you and it's always, said, it's always said wanted. <laughs> so I feel like I either have a warrant out for me, or there's a warrant out for somebody. But yes, you collect the wanted poster, uh, which has it at the it, at the beginning of the level. It shows you like a pretty detailed picture of who you're going. Right. Yeah, it looks it's good. got his name, it's got his weapon. Yep. Got... So you have to track down that wanted poster, and then once you do, the boss will produce himself, and you, if you can take him down, uh, that'll clear that poster, and you'll be able to move on to the next stage. Uh, however, if you don't uh, find the wanted poster by the end of the stage, you just wind up back at the beginning. It's a never-ending town. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can buy it, too. Yeah, and, yeah you can yeah. buy it. In fact, I bought most of them before I realized you can find them, and then I was like, "Oh, this is." But yeah, that, that's another. That's a completely new mechanic as well. Yeah, is the, that was interesting. Is the general store. Yeah, and and we'll we'll talk about that. So first, let's just talk about how you shoot, Joe. What makes Gunsmoke's uh, shooting mechanics different? So it's not completely unique. We've seen it, uh, I think, twice before. Once we liked, 
in section Z, where the A button shoots to the right and the B button shoots to the left. And then we saw it in Renegade. Is that what it's called? It well, Renegade was like that. Yeah, not it, a shmup. It was trying, but like not you, a shmup. Yeah, yeah, you punched with one, right. kicked with the but, other, but and you, then it But you attack changed. in one direction with, it's like context with A in the other based, direction. Yeah, yeah context-based. Uh, which it didn't do well because it had the whole punch-kick thing. And this time, similar. A shoots to the right, B shoots to the left, but still in front of you. So on a diagonal. It's like a, yeah. Yeah, so you can shoot to the left, to the right, and A and B together shoot straight forward, which... I really liked. I think See, they pulled is, it off. This well. is something that I, I was sort of of two minds about because I was always hoping that they would find a way to do this. Um, and you know, a, a and B together does make sense. Like it's it's a logical conclusion you could draw from like uh, the control schemes, but it seems a little too much for you to do just to shoot straight. It seems weird to me. I, I thought that initially. But as while playing it, I never had a I never had a problem. It, it actually, oh, yeah, I mean, I got used to it at that it. point. Yeah, I I mean, I'm on the Sean side on this because I think it you know based on how I played through the game, a lot of the game is actually straight shooting, which requires two button taps, both A and B at the same time. And yes, you still you know use the diagonals to your advantage. But if you're using those less often than the main thing, that means that you're usually pressing two buttons instead of one, and so it's like. I almost wish that it was like a Sega Genesis style controller where there's A, B, C, yeah. and B would be the right. That would definitely straight, be you know? pre- preferable. Just, but I, it didn't annoy me. I'm, I'm yeah. not saying like it's, um, it yeah. doesn't even lose a point. But to, to Sean's point, if you're looking at like, you know, uh, the flexibility of the controls themselves, it is a bit annoying that the most dominant thing you have to do in the game is tap two see, buttons. That's, see, that's I, a, I see what you're saying, but I disagree that that was, for me at least, I think I fired diagonally 65% of the time, like way more than I, maybe I 70% of the time I was firing diagonally. That, that because it was so ergonomically unfeasible for me to like hold down both buttons. I know that like, like what am I, a, a child that can't hold down two buttons? Regardless, because it didn't feel right to me, I ended up probably shooting diagonally 80% of the time and it almost gave it like a different rhythm to the game. Because you're trying to bob and weave instead of just like get in front of people, so I don't know. It was kind of a a weird blessing out of yeah. a, out of a janky yeah. mechanic. There's a lot of there's a lot of dodging involved in this yeah. game, and I feel like because of that, you're back and forth on the screen a lot. And I I felt like for that reason, I was shooting diagonally way more than I was shooting. Yeah. Shooting forward was like oh, there's a guy right in front of me, like hone in on him this time, but. For the most part, I felt like I was shooting diagonal. Shooting, shooting straight forward actually becomes a lot more valuable too once you start using the additional power of yeah, like the that magnum. You acquire. Uh, yeah. yeah, the magnum, uh, the spread one mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that the was really machine good. Machine gun, yeah, the machine gun. Um, I thought those things, you know, definitely used it. They kick ass. <laughs> the spread one is the shotgun, right? Yes. It, yeah, okay, which is weird, right? Shotguns don't really do that. Yeah, they do. Yes, yeah, they, they do. They That's have... what every shotgun in video games has ever oh, done. Damn, really? Like, <laughs> but it's just not. It's I'm just not quite of... as visible. There's not. <laughs> yeah. Slow bullets spreading out. Right. Like that's a, what I'm thinking yeah. of. Is like the slow, like like producing three yeah. different bullets. I, I feel like this yeah. is one of the one of the early times in like in an NES game we've seen a shotgun where we were seeing all the bullets. Right. Like, I mean, we were we just saw that in Contra. <laughs> well, that yeah, was, yeah, but that was called the like a spread. I didn't. But it was basically a shotgun. Got it. Okay, and S could stand for shotgun. So who am I to judge? <laughs> uh, all right, and then since we're since we're talking about just like basic mechanics. There's also, uh, you know, like a stage design thing that's worth talking about here because since you're on rails in most uh, like 
shmups that we've played, there aren't really like obstacles. There's just enemies in the way and uh, you have to just, you know, take down the enemies or else that more keep gathering on the screen. In this one, there are like, you know, set pieces that yeah. you cannot uh you know, you can't just like be. There are cliffs you have to walk through. Uh, there are uh, uh, bridges you have to walk across or wade through the water, which I think slows you down. Yeah, it, it felt like it at least. Yeah, it slows you down. But even just like there's trees in the way yeah. and like those or rocks, Head, headstones and, and buildings. Yeah, there's like, even at the beginning there's some like fences I guess yeah. that you can use as cover. You can stand yeah. behind them. Bullets won't hit you. You can shoot well, over I, them. You can shoot over them? You can shoot over them, mm, yeah. I was doing I, it. Oh. I, I don't think... I think I was able to do it from, like, a distance, but as I got closer to the fence, for some reason, it didn't work. Really? But uh, I was using the, just the basic weapon for that. This is a thing I remember. Really? Uh, well, I was like... <laughs> well, I remember to think, like, I, I went to the same thought process of, like, this is really useful. Like, you can shoot over the fences, but then, like, as I got closer, for some reason, it just didn't See, work. See, I found, I found the opposite. I, I, I couldn't shoot from a distance, because sometimes, sometimes enemies were right up against them, and when I would shoot, it wouldn't hit the enemy. But then when I was close... I could shoot over. See, I found the opposite in which, like, I couldn't shoot at all. And all my I, I, other guys just kept it's shooting funny, me. The, the fences were shooting me out of their gun. <laughs> the... So in, in the arcade version of the game, though, the stage design matters even more, actually, because if you, uh, as the screen is auto-scrolling, if you are behind, like, let's say, a tree or a rock or anything in the game, oh, it, could kill you. it will crush you. Uh, you know, even though it doesn't make any actual sense, <laughs> um, it would just, like, it would be the end of you. In the NES game that's just not true oh, it, like, warps, that's good. That. it warps yeah. you like over yeah, like, a little bit that, yeah. that at least makes sense whereas i it, in the arcade game it's it's saying that like this is a void behind yeah. you and you have yeah. been yeah. sucked out of existence yeah we, they left that plot detail out that there's actually like a tornado behind you and that's why the screen is scrolling and so what did you guys think for the stage design as like in terms of actual placement and design like did i don't I, I'm not saying like it was random or not thought out, but it also didn't feel like it had any necessarily like, oh, we got to put a tree here because enemies are coming down this way and this will be a good approach for the uh, main player to, to well, work I, around. Well, I think it does help in, uh, in at least in variety, for variety's sake, in that there are different patterns coming at you. I mean, usually the game uh, sort of defaults to, I'd say that at least like 40% of the game is sort of open, uh, open prop. Like an open field with maybe a couple like trees around, but then you will get into like the bottlenecks of oh, there's a set piece where you have to cross the bridge, and so I think at least it it gives it a little bit more uh, texture uh, as opposed to other shmups, which are just uh, enemy patterns they have to worry about instead of what the actual ground is. Right, and and each actual level is different enough that um, that kind of variety is cool. I really liked the valley level where yeah. the guys are with the snipers at the top of the uh, of the areas are like shooting from the sides at you because uh, you can still get them, but they're kind of like hiding in like these yeah. caves or something like that. They I pop guess. in and out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then there's even uh, is it Death Mountain or something like that? Is like the second to last stage. And that one is really hard, but there's there's some cool like uh, motifs there with like what's accessible to you versus the enemies. Yeah, there's a lot of guys jumping around ninjas. on the mountains. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, ninjas! Yeah, that's a whole other story. Yeah. <laughs> we 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 can talk about uh, the AI in general, though. I actually have one more thing oh, yeah, about yeah. the. Uh, this is something about placement in, in the levels. I'm not sure if it was intentional, but but later on in the game, their enemies start coming up behind you. 
And it was then I started noticing there was a lot more diagonal cliff walls coming from the back that you could kind of yeah. use as like almost like a reverse cover to get away from those people. I and did like notice around that too. Them. I'm glad you brought that yeah. up. And um, I wasn't sure if that was like intentional because it seemed very useful to me. I, I just wish that it, because you have no way to shoot backwards, right. I wish that they didn't do that. Um, but I, it must have been intentional because it seems that the levels in which it's more prevalent uh, are designed for you to keep cover from them, at least until you can get behind them. Right. And and now that we're talking about the enemies, what what did you guys think about like their AI or like how the the, the variety? There's there's a lot to discuss here, a lot to unpack. So feel free to just say whatever comes to mind. I think there's plenty of variety in it. Like it it, it for for a shmup. I mean, we've we've had shmups with probably more, and definitely had shmups with less variety. <laughs> yeah. But um. But, you know, there's different enemies that take different amounts of hits, that shoot different types of weapons. We were talking about there's people off to the sides firing arrows, and there's people who throw bombs, and there's all kinds of things that you have to think about as you're playing that you kind of change the way you navigate. And they don't seem to be quite on rails. They they, they will follow you, and they'll try and react to you um, as as simple as it may be. Right. We, we, don't, see, we don't see any of that, like... It, the the enemy misses you and just keeps walking yeah. until they're off screen. Like what was yeah. the, what was their mission? Exactly. Right, which I prefer in this kind of instance, just because you know a lot of times we argue for like purposeful enemy placement, but I I, I think the way they enter the screen is, is generally about the same. But depending on where you are, it's how a you control, situation. yeah, they might change around the situation, which is which is better off than just saying like this guy is like a football player is going to go up and then he's going to juke and then go right. You know, it's like an exit stage. It's like that doesn't really make sense in, in this kind of thing. For even a ship, I can understand that kind of logic of yeah. like the ship is going to do this maneuver and then leave the stage. Well, like, the, like a, a classic, you know, Spaceship Smup is is much more focused on patterns than this one is. I feel like I, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but I think just the um, the uh, I guess patterns in which the uh, enemies come towards you are much more random, and you have to be more reactive instead of uh, recognizing a pattern. Yeah, and, and it felt like enemies could. Uh, leave from the top of the stage and come back in, which I thought was interesting. The idea that okay. you know, like that it's keeping track of them when they're right. Not, yeah, that even though they're not on the screen, which I'm, which I'm not even sure is entirely possible. So maybe it's just like a trick that they're yeah, doing. I'm not sure if that's not, entirely true. Because each, well, because each enemy only takes one hit to die, with the exception of like a couple yeah. uh, of regular enemies. Most enemies just take one boys. hit. Uh, but. But what I'm saying is, is like the guys who would have like the shotguns or, or stuff like that, like they would enter and they kind of do like a walk around in a circle. So maybe it's maybe that kind of thing is programmed where like when they come in, they leave a certain way and then it's timed where they'll come back around the other way. You know, like, regardless, it is it is enough variety of of enemy situations that we are having trouble figuring out if it's on rails or not. So, yeah, right. It's uh, they did a pretty good job in terms of that. Yeah, the one enemy I was not a fan of, it, I'm I'm guessing based on the manual here that he's the stabber, and that's the guy <laughs> what who does just he do like again? he jumps from like anywhere off from the side of the screen and, just and then just you. like lands, like he's like planting a sword in the in the like dirt, you know. Not purposeful at all. Not like coming. There's no homing at you or anything like that. He just does that. He jumps again, he lands, oh, and right. then he yeah, jumps again, yeah. and he's off and, screen. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not even sure 
at this point, after playing through this whole game, I'm still not even sure. Can you hit that guy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, he would always just be. He is doing what I was saying before, just walking through and then walking off screen. And like, where is he going? Don't mind me. I'm just stabbing rocks. <laughs> right. You can kill him. I've killed okay. him many times. You can you can kill him, but I'm relatively certain that you know, unless you're using like turbo, that you're gonna need the, one of the, the special machine gun. Yeah, the, yeah, one of the specialty items will take yeah. care of him. You you can't uh, realistically hit him the number of times it takes to kill him. He's one of the enemies in the game that takes more than one hit uh you can't kill him fast enough with just your regular gun to like before he jumps again yeah and he's not worth it but he i think he has more points than others and points are going to become valuable in this game so we'll talk about that in this game actually like become currency which is nice to see because yeah. we don't care about high scores or anything like that uh you, it's uh, just in the top center of your screen and you know you have to kill a lot of enemies to to accrue points and then you bump into like townsfolk and there's like a man and a woman and they just yeah. kind of repeat but they're sometimes offered different things than the first time you saw them is that right well i think that uh it like the the dude always seemed to offer me weapons, and then the lady seemed to offer me ammunition and other miscellaneous things. Gotcha. Okay. And, and um, the the one thing about the point system here, though, is that sometimes you, uh, especially early on in the game, you get to one of the townsfolk, and the idea of buying things is introduced, but you won't possibly have Not enough yet. points to buy anything. Right. I think that's actually, like, a smart thing to do. Yeah. I think that if you're exposed to, like, oh, I can do this, and, oh, this is what these points are for now. Yeah, you know immediately to start saving up. Yeah. Right. And I also think that, um, you know, because you don't have any specialty items yet, because you run into the woman first, she's offering you ammunition, and it's like, that's not really clear what that's for yet. Uh, And even though it's the cheapest item, you can't go ahead and waste your points on it just yet because you don't even have the the funds for that. Yeah. But it also introduces decisions uh, already of like, oh, do I want to save up for uh, the the machine gun or do I want to dump what I got now on the shotgun? And I, I, I always like when you have that amount of choice in a game like this. Right. And, and for, a shmup, it's cool to to see it use the points in this way because it gives you much more incentive than I've felt in any other shmup we've played yeah. to kill things. Except, like, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, really. Other, other than, runs. Other, well, yeah, <laughs> but like, uh, it's usually just stay alive runs for yeah. me. But now it's like I need to kill everything to get as much money as I can. That's a great because point. Because i keep buying uh, things. Because there are at times a lot of enemies on the screen too. So you'll want to just like take out as much as you can. You know, you almost come off like bloodthirsty. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. Because like, when I, there's a few times where I'm like, I'll just let that guy go. I'll just pass this guy. I'll get around that guy. But like, in this game, I'm like, no way. I got. I'm gonna get as much rack up as much as I possibly can. And now, how did you guys feel about uh, enemy point values compared to uh, what things sell for in the shop? 
Did you find it fair, or did you have to run through a stage a couple of times before uh, you could afford you know, the I big ticket? I couldn't even. I wasn't paying attention. I, okay. I just was. I would. I would go to the man or woman every time, and I would. Then I would be aware of my score, and then I would budget accordingly. But I was never actually like. I wasn't monitoring it as I was playing because I. I didn't. I couldn't split my attention like that. Yeah, it's it's almost because I'm I'm wondering, you know, there's the the whole wanted poster, which is always the most expensive item in each level. Uh, there's that where in certain stages it's as much as like fifty thousand points. Yeah, and I guess like, you know, does inflating their cost add anything to the game since it's just looping the same level again? I, if you, if I, you I don't have enough the, points, the, the cost of those were too bad though, because. Like I said before, it feels like I, I played this in a little different way than you guys, where I bought most of the wanted wanted posters instead of finding them. So I, I was thinking about that. Every time I went to a shop, I was like, okay, do I want to buy this new weapon, or should I just save it for the wanted poster? And playing it that way, there were one or two times where I felt like I had to loop around again to get, to buy the wanted poster. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I felt like I was I was racking up enough points that way organically. Got it. I, I never felt like I looped a stage more than three times, but it is it is a little frustrating to to notice the loop too. There there's a lot of nice set design things that we talked about and enemy variety, but you very quickly, I think even uh, as soon as I would loop the first time in a stage, I noticed I was like, I'm just back where I started. Like this is kind of weird, uh, and I just wonder if they could have maybe thought about. You know, like, well, you know, we have to make the points worth this kind of thing to make sure that the player has this amount by the first. Yeah, I mean, I I guess I I guess that's your experience. I I guess I was too much into that state of flow where I was just I I was just idly uh, focused on crowd control for the most part that I wasn't really noticing these loops. Got it. So Uh, the repetition of the loops doesn't bother you in in this particular game. In this case, it did not. I didn't notice the loop at all either. I mean, I knew it was looping, but I was never like, like maybe if it was the level with the bridges over the water, I'd be like, oh, that's weird. Another river with bridges over water. But I don't think I looped that far in that level. The other levels, I I, I don't remember noticing any repeats. Okay. Which I'm sure there were. I just didn't. Yeah, no, no. It definitely happens, but I'm not, I'm not actually saying that it bothered me either. I think it's just something to keep in mind for like, you know, replayability of these, of this kind of game. Like, you know, how many times do you want to deal with going through the same loop over and over? Uh, and then we also have with the inventory you can buy at uh, the general store. You can buy the machine gun, the shotgun, the napalm bomb. I yeah, I never got to use that. I don't know how the that napalm works. bomb. Is that what it is? It's, a, it's something bomb. Yeah, smart bomb. Right? Smart oh, bomb. Smart yeah. bomb. That's smart right. bomb. Yeah. And um, it's not the napalm thing. The eye bomb. Napalm is contra. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> um, the, it's the magnum. Yeah. Oh, is yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, is the only other thing. Um, I don't think there's a napalm bomb in this There's game. no napalm. It's, uh, it's just a big bomb. Yeah. The smart bomb. bomb is really cool, though. Because, I didn't know how to use it. Oh, so here, here's the thing. You're so good at this game. That's why. you. If you select it, the problem is is that when you, when you select most items in this game, you start using them immediately. Yeah. When you select smart bomb... It it has it selected, but you go back to using your normal gun. Yeah. Once you take a hit, it automatically, instead of registering as a death, 
registers the bomb to go off and I takes see. out everything on the screen. Oh, that's I mean, cool. I, I would not say that I was that good. I just real. I just like would select it and then immediately unselect it when I didn't that's notice I, anything. That's what I figured. <laughs> also, breaking news. Yes, it is the napalm bomb. There's no the, smart the, bomb in the manual. It says napalm bomb. I think in the bomb, game it's definitely smart said bomb. smart bomb in yeah. the game. Yeah. Okay, cool. That this is driving me crazy now because <laughs> I, I feel like where am I in regards to Contra Time, uh, <laughs> which was a great game. So I'm, no wonder I'm thinking about it but then uh the reason why i like the bomb uh, smart bomb so much is because when you're fighting a boss it seems like a really valuable thing to have because sometimes you know with the additional enemies that enter the screen while you're fighting the boss you're bound to take a hit and yeah. so it felt nice just kind of like not only get an extra like yeah, life yeah. but also like get everybody off the screen and go back to just fighting the boss mm-hmm. so smart bomb was appreciated yeah. i also really appreciated as we talked about earlier the shotgun and uh, the machine gun was great because it is like having a turbo button. Yeah. <laughs> there, was a, there was a point when I was not feeling the machine gun. When I first started using it like with a lot of people around and I was like, that was fine. But I was just as good with the uh, without it, like just rapidly pressing the fire button. But then when it got to the bosses, that's where I thought the machine gun was, was really helpful. Totally. And, 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 you know, we didn't talk about this, but there there's limited ammunition on these special guns, uh, which I think is really cool because in most games you get the power up and you just get it until you die. And then you, you know, you go back to using your normal gun. In this one, you have like a limited amount of ammunition. And then if you use all of it, you can't use that weapon until you collect more ammunition. It's but you have cool. the weapon that you bought forever. You have the weapon, but it would be cooler if you could monitor it while you were using it i would have appreciated like something in the bottom right or left well that's just unrealistic yeah i I know (laughs) i know no i don't think it is actually though i think i can't see a reason why if they're if they're able to display no uh, i know you're joking unrealistic in like you like you can't do that with a real machine no i know know. but like the numbers you know are already up there it doesn't seem like you know if they just even had like just a gun with like gun equal, you know, like a gun symbol equals, and then like when you have the normal thing, infinite. When you have, you yeah. know, uh, I would I like to backtrack a yeah, little bit. Sure. Regarding um, other items that are not things that you buy from the general stores, um, there are boots everywhere, and then there are rifles everywhere, and I'm not really sure what they what they do because they they are not listed. In no the worries. Manual. I'm going to take you through it, okay? Uh, this one I did look up because I myself was curious. There is a cap uh, to this until you die. But when you get the boots, that increases your walking speed around okay. the screen. And when you get the rifle, that increases how far your gun will shoot. Okay. Which is very useful. Yeah. Uh, so, like, if you – I think it's up to three. So, like, once you get the third of something, you can't go any faster or, or shoot any further. Yeah, I guess But you'll notice that, yeah, all enemies do not have the rifle bonus because all enemy projectiles will, like, eventually Continue. hit the ground or something. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, like... like Yeah, they do they, stop. They just stop. They disappear. So, I imagine they just, They're like... All using muskets. Yeah, just drop <laughs> the bullet. Like, where did that bullet go? No, don't worry about it. Just hit the dirt. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think the only reference to it in the manual, these two items, is the fact that if you pick up the skull it reduces the value to both of those and i kept picking them up thinking that they were like some kind of score bonus right and and i thought that the skull and maybe it does this on top of all of that i thought it also like reduced your ammunition a little yeah i'm i'm not sure yeah the skull thing for what it's worth 
I thought it was cool. So I was collecting them yeah, for a while. So <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, sweet. Like, maybe this is worth 500 points or something. Yeah. Like, who knows? Uh, yeah, th- you know, there's something about, like, this game uh, taking the time to, like, demonstrate certain concepts while just, like, abandoning other ones <laughs> altogether that's just kind of weird. Like, even the ammunition thing. Did you guys ever actually run out of ammunition on anything? I ran out of the, the ammunition on the uh, on the machine gun. The machine gun makes machine the gun. most yeah. sense because that's the one that you just kind of, like, are, once down, you have yeah. it, you just hold down. Yeah. And I never even purchased the Magnum. You never purchased ne- the Magnum? Well, because I didn't start really using the power-ups until later in the game, and then I was using the machine gun and the shotgun. But like I said, I was still buying these posters. Yeah. So I was just like, I'm fine with the machine gun and the shotgun. The, the Magnum I hear is pretty good. Yeah, yeah so no, maybe Magnum, I would have benefited from it. It's good for boss it. battles. The yeah. Magnum's great because it, especially also, though, in the, the last two stages when enemies really go all over the screen, yeah. because the Magnum goes through enemies. So it, if there's oh, three guys behind that other guy, it'll take out all three of them in one shot. So that's why I think it's really good for, like, shooting straight because you can kind of yeah. line up everybody yeah. and then just shoot them down. Maybe I'll go through and do a Magnum playthrough. Yeah. Magnum <laughs> only. Magnum only. Yeah. Magnum only. Uh, and, and, you know, I just think, like, there's enough variety in those three guns that, like, yeah, sure, you can add more guns to buy and stuff like that if you want. But I was satisfied. Yeah. I think this covers all the bases of what you can do. Yeah. And I'm not expecting, yeah. like, a lot from... Uh, this game to begin yeah. with, and yeah. I, think, I, I think it's, I almost yeah. never hear it get talked about. I think yeah. I think it's like balanced enough where it's like if they added more, there's a good chance there'd be some unnecessary things in there and things. Well, that, you know, well, yeah, you know, what would they have added to like uh, like. I can't. I can't even think yeah. of like another gun that would like a laser. No, <laughs> yeah. no, uh, a katana. Oh, that's true because we we need to address this uh, right now. The <laughs> yeah. the ninja in the room that we're not talking about. Um, what are ninjas doing in the Wild West? I don't. I don't know. Uh, it. It it adds some variety to uh, the enemy behaviors, uh, but I don't think that the enemy behavior did, couldn't have been applied to some other kind of Western archetype. <laughs> yeah, there's also like the um, Yashichi or yeah. Yashichi um, that you pick the, the, up. That the one-ups. Yeah, it gives you an uh, yeah. but it's like... We couldn't think of any like Western symbol. <laughs> yeah, to, like, I couldn't have put like a like a cowboy hat. Yeah, cowboy, like a horseshoe. Fedoras and cowboy hats are not the same They're too. Not. I think that's worth. Yeah, mentioning. I don't know why like, you would say fedora in the first place. No, because they do. I think they look close enough. Are do you though? Uh, well, no, but <laughs> listen, I've seen people wear cowboy hats. I've seen people wear fedoras. To people be honest, with cowboy hats on look much better than people that wear fedoras. I'd say they're both pretty embarrassing. Well, it depends on where you live. That's true. that we forgot to mention is the horse uh, <laughs> uh, you know that you like ride yeah. through town and, like, you're, you're saying it like it's bizarre well no I, I think like it's nice but it's also like kind of weird that like 
it pauses gameplay yeah. for a second, and like this horse just kind of like you you grow on top of it. Like, well, as I mean, silly like, as it was, I liked that. I, I liked that it was like it's it had no, a little clip clop coming up to you, and it was, it was it's nice. it's no more ridiculous as these people just standing in the middle of a war zone, <laughs> just ready to sell you. Uh, a wanted poster. Yeah, that's right, true. right. And, and, or and just the, the quantity of enemies. Like, if you think about a Western, when they're like, the gang, you know, whatever, the rough gang is here. It's not like 100,000 people yeah. running through the city, like, raiding everything. Right, right. In fact, where are the innocent civilians who that, like, <laughs> that, like you need to protect? They were all know? in those buildings in Hicksville. Like, you know, they were taking, they were taking uh, hostage. They were all, yeah, at the saloon, uh, yeah. drinking their yeah. sorrows away. <laughs> Sean, you mentioned the wanted system, which is something I definitely think we have to start talking about, considering it's the main mechanic in the game to progress. Uh, do you want to walk us through that a little bit? Sure. Um, so wanted posters are basically a key item that you need to progress to the boss battle. Um, even though you, you, if you may have just run across the boss, um, by shooting everybody indiscriminately anyway, anyway, but in, in the game, like if it serves as, you know, you need to accrue this amount of points or just find it lying on the ground while you're playing, um, before you can fight the boss and, you know, it, you get you get to fight the guys in the posters from the manual now, and and was hiding the wanted posters like the really the best course of action here. I I don't know why there are two ways to go about getting them. I think it would have been it would have made more sense to me to to make it that you have to purchase it at least in terms of uh like actual you know challenge. Right, and and also just the fact that they're not hidden in the barrels that everything else in the game is hidden in. They're hidden in, like, empty spaces. Like, things that you actually would have to just blindly shoot at. See, I didn't find. know that. I, thought, I just I saw either. them pop up because, again, I'm just crowd control. So <laughs> right, I'm not right. really focusing on any one thing. And I would see it on the ground and I'd pick it up. But I had I thought that it was I thought it was in a barrel. Yeah, it's tricky because the very first stage does lead you to believe that because it appears um there's an empty space right above two barrels that it'll appear in. But oh. later stages it actually is just like no better than just hopefully they put enemies around where this empty space is because yeah. it also, you know, I don't know how true this is, but the manual says it takes eight shots to reveal the uh, the wanted poster. I never felt that way. That's but very odd. I felt it took just as many as a barrel, so maybe like two or three. Uh, but when you're doing that, you know, why hide them? Why not put them in the barrels or make some kind of like, you know, go make a loop around this tree and you'll, you know, like, I don't know, like something more creative than that. Make a loop Otherwise, around this tree. You know, like, the best puzzles you can do in a in yeah, a, in a on rails scrolling yeah in, in, I guess. in a constantly scrolling thing you know uh, I'm just saying like maybe there's some more purpose to where the wanted posters are maybe you actually like find them posted up somewhere you know yeah. you can grab them yeah that, maybe they're like hard to get to but you can see them and yeah. that's like a risk reward thing and I think sense, that yeah. like you know it's either that or just leave them to be bought you know yeah. it almost feels like a, a cheat. When you when you find them in these empty spaces because you're it just kind of appears and you're like whoa the yeah. wanted poster I almost yeah. paid for that <laughs> exactly it's and, sort of like in I mean it, it really isn't the same but it gives me the same kind of feeling of dissatisfaction when uh, 
like these remakes of Final Fantasy games, just like uh, you just just pick what level you want to be, and, and it's not quite that, but it's like, well, then why then why would I go through yeah. the trouble? You know? Yeah, not not to mention that if you find one of the uh, later wanted posters by accident, which I did in stage four, I think, uh, if you find that. The rest of the game is pretty much just like make sure you survive because you now by by skipping a stage that requires a ton of points, you'll now have easily enough points banked yeah. to afford the next one. And by the time that the sixth one is due, you'll have the points for that one too. You won't have to shoot down a ton of enemies yeah. and, and crowd control, you know, and stuff like that. Right. So, and you know, before I started thinking of it, and you can find these wanted posters, I actually thought it was interesting. Once I'm on stage four, I started thinking, you know, I could play through this again, and there's, like, another way to play this game where you grind in level one to get a lot of money. Like, that's just, like, it's just, like, it's interesting to me that, interesting to me that there's that option in such an early game. Yeah, right. It's exactly. the kind of thing I, I do in, like, yeah. RPGs now, or I'll, like, that I've played before, and I'll go back, and I'm going to... Yeah, to and, level 30 in Kingdom Hearts before I leave the island or like no it's true but to your, to your point too it's like and I, I did do this um, I, I grinded in the first level to at least have one power up weapon like I made sure that before I got the wanted poster I picked up like a machine gun or something right. you know but even though I would have gotten even, the wanted yeah. poster faster if I just would have right. bought that but, out right? but you could even like take this easier level one and get enough money to be able to purchase the next five wanted posters <laughs> and then just blow through the next five levels. You know? right, right. Assuming you can live through them. Yeah. Uh, you That's know, true. But yeah. it'd be easier to do than trying to buy the wanted posters in those levels. Absolutely. Yeah. Or trying to find them in those levels. Yeah, because true, they're yeah. very hard to find. Uh, and I, I, didn't, I didn't love that. Uh, but I also didn't love uh, that starting in stage four, enemies appear behind you. Yeah. We, we sort of touched upon that. Um, I, I don't know why this this keeps happening in these games where you can only shoot in one direction. And I, I get that it's a challenge, uh, but it gives me more frustration than, than anything. Yeah. It's definitely a flaw. And as soon as I saw it, I was, I was kind of aggravated. I was like, well, this is going to be annoying. Not but a flaw it never, in that it's like done like accidentally. No, no. Yeah. I think, yeah, there's a flaw in like the, that they, they wanted not, us to yeah, have to deal with this. It's not a feature. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it didn't bother me as much as I thought it would. As I was playing, I, it didn't. It never seemed to like really frustrate me while, while I was actually yeah. playing. It, it never seemed to like. I don't remember dying. I mean, I remember dying a lot, but I don't remember dying a, lo- a lot of times where I was like, "Oh, if those enemies weren't coming from behind me." They you know, that's take- what I felt like the most. Actually, I felt. See, like- I, I felt yeah. that they were actually taking it easy on you when they were behind you. They, they didn't seem to shoot very they, often. They shoot. They shoot a lot less. Yeah, but. I even found you know maybe this speaks to my like a shmup abilities. I found myself just. Focusing so much on what's in front of me in those stages that sometimes I would just actually bump into them, and that counts as a kill too. Yeah. Like you will die well, they if shank you bump you. into them. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah. You know, even though they don't show that, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> they would. They would kill you if you bumped into them. Like, hey, watch where you're going. I was gonna shoot you anyway. Um, you know, I, I I just find that uh, in a game that gave you a lot of solutions with how to deal with things, it it feels like almost. Like they left out something, like like they forgot. Like, oh yeah, we designed those enemies that come from behind, but we forgot to give the yeah. ca- you know anybody a way to deal <laughs> yeah. with that. Yeah. Or it also could have been a case of the the difficulty progression wasn't progressing quite as much as they wanted, and and yeah. late in the game maybe. they were like, let's add enemies that come behind you that you can't shoot at. That'll yeah. make it harder. Well, maybe if you had your like horse, you know, he could just like <laughs> shit everywhere, and then that would like but you the, know they trip on that or something. But the horse does help because. 
it gives you what like you get a few extra hits uh, i think three hits, three yeah, hits, it's like hits a before the horse dies and then you get to keep going it's like yoshi does the horse <laughs> have like poop animations too yes no. it's like this is the this is the prequel to red dead redemption 2 you know it's funny you say that because the wikipedia the only source for information tells me that this game played some role in uh the uh Red Dead inspiration Revolver. for Red Dead Revolver. Really? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I did do a little digging on that because I saw that Is as well. Is it fake? Uh, well, you know, it's here. here's what's tough to say. I, I don't like to do this in the middle of the episode, but le- it's the only a, a point I have anyway uh, before we get into the essential games list. So we'll do it right now. Uh, Red Dead Revolver uh, is a Rockstar game, yeah. right? Uh No. Uh, Red Dead Revolver oh, actually started yeah. uh, as a Capcom game, and uh, Capcom was developing it uh, back in like 2001. And I they released watching the like some of the game, the early gameplay for this game. It was wild. They released a demo uh, at E3 in 2002, like just like a, a video demo, like a trailer, I guess, with like the press could play. Nobody, yeah. ever, nobody else ever got to play it. But this is when Capcom had it, and uh, Capcom did say. That this was a uh, like gun dot smoke was the inspiration for Red Dead Revolver. It wasn't going to like have ninjas. It wasn't gonna <laughs> like it wasn't gonna expand on like the whole like Wingates or anything like that. Animated uh, poop. Right. It wasn't. Yeah. You know. It wasn't focusing on those things. It was just saying like <laughs> we're looking through our legacy properties and you know looking for exciting ways to make new games. And this is like you know their their thought on it. Uh, I'm actually less clear on how Red Dead Revolver got to Rockstar from that point afterwards, but they didn't keep much from yeah. the Capcom demo. <laughs> I, I do uh, remember into the final game. watching like a YouTube documentary about the development of the game, but unfortunately, most of it has escaped my memory. But it was a weird, like odd couple marriage, and then I think there was some there, there was some skullduggery involved. But uh, you know, it's, yeah. it's interesting that that, that like. In in one way or another, it doesn't matter how relevant it is anymore. This is the beginning of Red Dead Redemption Two. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you for that tangent, Joe. <laughs> Which you definitely did. Felt like I felt like you didn't know about that. Like, no, you I said didn't. that. I and was you were just like, I was like, I just thought it was funny to say Red Dead Redemption One wasn't the prequel to Red Dead Redemption Two. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, well here you go. Just, look at that. No Western knowledge. Okay? It secretly was. Yeah, Gun Dot Smoke is actually <laughs> yeah. just uh, a sequel to the Gun Smoke. TV show. Right, exactly. Yeah. So they're all connected <laughs> in the Gunsmoke cinematic universe. Uh, Alright, so we talked about the enemies. We talked about how I don't like that they come from behind you. You guys seem indifferent. <laughs> you guys seem indifferent to that. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to say it. I'm definitely subtracting points for that. So that's okay. me. Uh, we have not talked at all about boss fights. You guys want to talk about boss fights? Nah. Yeah. <laughs> Sean seemed more eager, so uh, even, even though he was kind of reluctant, also I'll start the conversation. Yeah, fights. I'll start the conversation here. For me, what's interesting about the boss fights is that the bosses themselves are not actually that tough, and and don't get necessarily tougher as the game goes on. But it almost becomes like a lesson of timing and knowing when to yeah. strike. Specifically, because later on too, there's only certain points you can attack. Certain bosses. Yeah, you have to wait for them to like jump and then land, and then yeah, you can right. shoot them. You and, know, and like, that's honestly where I found the machine gun came in handy. Where I'm just, I'm just shooting yeah, at him no matter what. Deal with doing. timing. You just, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I thought that a, a couple of them at least had interesting uh, cycles that they go through. Um, I forgot the guy's name, but he he seems to be wearing armor 
in the uh, wanted poster. Okay. And he will, uh, I think it was like level three. Yeah, the Devil Hawk. Okay. Maybe it was Devil Hawk. I no, thought he had it wouldn't a much have been more, Devil Hawk. I he had De- like a was it Cutter? Name. Was it the Boomerang guy? I think he had like oh, a, you... a burlier name. Fat Man. Oh. Fat Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is Sorry, a Devil name. Hawk also, <laughs> I just realized, is um, the Native American okay. uh, level. Where yeah. Like, right. yeah. Yeah. Well, that wasn't my favorite level. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not the most sensitive. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, we, it, it would behoove us to mention that. But um, uh, the, that boss, at least, that Fat Man... Um, would sort of lunge at you if you came into range, um, but like depending on if you have enough, you know, gun points, you may have to get into that range. So you do have to bob and weave in, in certain situations with that, while also again dealing with crowd control because most of these bosses have mobs that are just surrounding you. Um, but uh, no, I, I mean, I thought that there was at least a little fun variety in in their designs. Yeah, no, I think the the variety in their designs, but you know, the I want to state that I don't think that they're like super easy, but I think that they're um, they're more. There's so much more about like knowing when to strike and dodging appropriately that I actually see them as like great practice for other shmup games. Like if you can, <laughs> you know, like if you can learn how to dodge like these types of, of bullets coming at you, you'll be better suited as a shmup player in general uh, to get around these yeah. things because each one of them does attack differently. Yeah. They basically use different versions of guns that you have in, in certain circumstances, yeah, yeah. too. Absolutely. Uh, I forget which one of them early. I think it's Cutter Boomerang. He uses the shotgun, I think. Yeah. No, he uses no, the, the boomerang. Yeah, I think it's uh, later. Shit. I think it's like five that uses that shotgun. Yeah, but that would be Fat Man. So, oh, no. yeah. Fat Man just does everything. For yeah, those yeah, he's always Fat Man. Yeah. The it's big not man. the wind gates. The yeah, big, oh, my God. Shut <laughs> <laughs> up. <Shut> yep. <laughs> uh, and then, so the final thing that we have to talk about, uh, stage six, uh, is when you finally approach the wind gates, uh, and they're twins. And I, I don't know. just one guy that just I, got up Yeah, again. I was confused by that. I realized <laughs> that he came back. I, didn't, I, I guess that's probably more accurate. I but. thought they were twins. Um, <laughs> I thought that was, yeah, that was just like a... I, yeah, I was confused. I was like, was that like a trick? Like, that wasn't really him, and here he is? Or like- yeah, and, and so what's funny is, is like I remember reading, you know, while I was doing the research for the game that they were twins, but I completely forgot about that by the time that I got to the ending. So when I, when I beat the, that uh, first Wingate, you know, it was kind of like a clutch moment for me. Like, I was in the completely in yeah. the zone. I... I'm, you know, like I just feel good saying it. I didn't even get hit once during that boss fight. Yeah, I just, nice. I felt like I was in a rhythm, and I completely forgot that there was, you know, like because I, I, this not something that anybody should know. Uh, that as soon as he drops, it's like another one just comes at you, and I was like done. I was like yeah, pretty satisfied. I had it in my lap, and I had to be like, oh my goodness, like get back up. And I thought that was like a cool thing that we we yeah, haven't seen like really. Yeah, uh, the, fake the system. Out. Yeah, the fake out. Yeah, there's been no fake out. You know, it's like if if at the end of Super Mario Brothers, if, when you finally defeat the World Eight Bowser, if he actually came out of the lava. <laughs> and you started attacking yeah. you, you know, well, which yeah. happens in New Super Mario, uh, New Super Mario Brothers Wii. I know that's uh, a, that's my favorite part of New Super Mario Brothers Wii. Well, there has been a fake out that we've done before with uh, I think was it Ghosts and Goblins where you beat the oh, boss. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Wait, you got to play the entire game again. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's a, such a worse. Like, yeah, imagine yeah. if that that's was what horrible. it was though. You only killed one of the wind gates to kill the other one. <laughs> yeah. You have to go through the whole the whole game again. Like that would have been awful. So I'm glad they didn't do that. Uh, and, and there's a couple of like, 
There's a couple of other bosses, too, in the um, arcade version of the game. We only got six in the NES version, but there are um, there's a total of ten in oh. the arcade. And you actually have to fight the whole Wingate family uh, in, in the arcade version of the game. <laughs> Grandma Wingate. Yeah. Grandpa uh, Wingate. I don't think it goes that far back, uh, but yeah. started the episode we mentioned the 1942 and commando connection i'm just wondering how you guys feel about the on rails approach that Gunsmoke took versus like the commando approach where you got to like freely walk around uh in this you know it's the same similar kind of layout would you have preferred to be able to just navigate yourself through no. this wild west I, I've found that because I was not a fan of Commando uh, in any regard, that the fact that you were just sort of shooting out the front of you at all times uh, was what really did that game in for me. And I think that uh, because there's no way to strafe in that game, um, if if you were to be able to freely walk around, it would basically end up being just like Commando. Whereas with this just slowly walking you forward, you can treat it as like a just another space shmup, at least in the feel of the controls, um, and allow you to be a lot more maneuverable in yourself. Like I, I really hated the feel of Commando, and if you were, if this was just walk yourself, it would feel just like that. I didn't hate Commando, but if you were to ask me that question before I had played either of these games, I would have said I would like to freely move around. But and there might, there's definitely other factors into why I liked this game so much more than Commando. But that that's one of them. I think it's one of those things we talked about it in the Punch Out episode where it doesn't need to give you control over things that you don't need control over. And, yeah. I, and I think that's part of what like makes this game good. You're focused on killing everyone. You're not focused on where am I going next. Yeah. And that's what this game's about. I agree. It's about you know focusing on that stuff. Also, to add to what you were saying about the commando controls, if you're able to turn and face other directions, that A-B mechanic is going to get real confusing oh, yeah. real fast if you're yeah. facing other directions and, like, which direction does A shoot now when I'm facing this way and which direction does it shoot when I'm facing that way. So that would be a an issue. Cool, cool. And, and I think ki- kind of where, where I stand on that is after hearing this whole thing, I kind of wonder what commando would feel like if it was on rails. I think I would like Commando a lot better. If it was on the... If, yeah. I think there's just something, too, about... Especially in, like, these early games. The way that uh, it presents itself when it's on rails. Uh, you know, like, how enemies enter and approach. And, like, I just think one of the problems with Commando was is that the way things spawn in 
yeah. and stuff. Well, that it's game just, was a graphical mess. Too, right, right. So. It was just there yeah. are a lot of other flaws. With no, no. As yeah. I, but I'm saying like it happens because you're more in control of things. Like I, I wonder that it, you know if it would have put itself on rails, if it would have had a better opportunity to be like. These people are going to be specifically behind bunkers, and these guys are going to come out from the water at this point, you know? But because you were in free control of how you moved, you didn't really, you know, like the game couldn't time those things out for you. This game was made by Yoshiki Akamoto. Uh, Does that ring a bell? We talked about um, Yoshiki uh, on the 1942 episode uh, like a year and a half ago. Oh, man. (laughs) the only reason why that's important is because Akamoto is the creator of Street Fighter 2. Oh, yeah. Uh, so the creator of Street Fighter 2 has not made that game yet, but has made Gunsmoke at this time. Uh, I'd the, say the that... prequel to Street Fighter 2. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> he's, uh, he's improving. Yeah, I think, I think so. Um, I think a lot of the things that, you know, like 1942's best thing for it was the aesthetic of it. I always liked... That and, just, and the theme song, obviously. Right, yeah, obviously. Uh, yeah, who that catchy music. Um, actually, this game has as okay. This has good music, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think like that was maybe the only lesson that transferred <laughs> over here uh, because there's very little of 1942 that shows up in this game, and maybe that's because it came later in life and they were able to learn from other shmups too. Also, but, you're not a plane. Yeah, yeah, that that helps <laughs> as well. Big. Yeah, there's no like um, what, you can't do a backflip. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's none of that. So uh, Akimoto's learning, but um, not even making fighting games. So we'll see how Gunsmoke <laughs> comes into play in Street Fighter. Will <laughs> we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Uh, and then before we get to the essential games list, I do have a uh, like a cliff note for the uh, sequels and spinoffs. This game did not get any uh, officially. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Amstrad CPC. Uh, Amstrad CPC. Yes, uh, that's a computer. Um, like a like a, a fax machine or something. Yeah, I mean like a, like a really like imagine like an uh, like an eight bit computer back in those days, but made okay. by Amstrad. So I think that was like European focus, okay. like that market. So we didn't really get those in the States. <laughs> um, the game got many ports, and one of them was on the Amstrad CPC, and it got renamed to Desperado. Uh, but it's pretty much the same game with just absolutely terrible graphics. <laughs> uh, but it, it did so well, I guess, on the Amstrad that they made a sequel for Desperado called Desperado 2, which I guess you could consider a Gunsmoke sequel as well if you just, like, want to hold, the, you know, like, the ties as loose as possible. Yeah. Like, you just want to be like, well... Was it this it, the same game? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Desperado 2 is even worse, if you can imagine it, uh, into, on the graphic fidelity side. Wow. But it also turned it into, like, a um, a side-scrolling platformer. Okay. Uh, so, I, you know, it, it just it doesn't to me. It's just a Western game that yeah, has the name a Desperado name instead of Gunsmoke. Yeah. So I don't even think of them as sequels and spinoffs. But I thought it was worth checking out. I'll put a link to both games in the uh, show notes so, so you guys can check out the videos. Any stray thoughts? I have I have some stray thoughts. Um, and and all of them kind of pertain to the polish of this game because I, I don't think we have conveyed. At least the way I feel is like exactly how polished this game is. Like I, I feel like it is the music. You guys mentioned the music's pretty good. I thought the music was really good. I thought the music, not only that it was like 
just good music tracks that it 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 was immersive it yeah, felt like it, western it did music. sound like western music yeah um the, the the art of everything felt very clean and something that's kind of rare on on a lot of these nes games yeah. especially the shmups and especially at the very beginning of the game you read a little scrolling bio or, or intro to the story and as you're doing it i don't know why i found this so charming as you're reading it there's a there's a guy on a horse in the distance slowly getting closer and closer. And like, I'm realizing as I'm reading cinematic. it, I'm realizing in my peripheral vision that he's getting closer and closer. And I'm like, Oh, this is so fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> so as I'm going through, I'm just, I was pretty charmed by this game and it takes a lot for me to, to for me to be pretty high on a shmup. Yeah. Cause we, we all know how much I don't like shmups. Okay. So, so I think that this game had a lot of polish. Like that, that a lot of shmups don't. Very All right. Cool. I think with that in mind, Sean. I will sing. <laughs> Instead of uh, subjecting everybody to Sean's singing, we will go into the essential games list. This essential games list comes with a very interesting turn of events as we are going to include some uh, listener mail. Listener into mail. the essential games list this time. It comes from Sam Smith from New York. Uh, Sam could not be on the episode, but he did write in with his <laughs> okay. thoughts on the essential games list. So we'll let him vote first. To be clear, that's Sam from the podcast. I don't know if everyone is knows that, Sam's is that last Sam from name. The podcast? That's Sam from the podcast. Not Sam Smith. You, wait, that you, you made gave out his no, last name. That is really funny though, too. Sam Smith, like uh, <laughs> you know, like not the music, <laughs> yeah. not the music celebrity. Sam Smith Doe. Yeah. Oh, um, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Sam Smith is a... I forgot yeah. the music man. Yes. Very good. Uh, anyway, the correct Sam Smith wrote in to say, This game is unique and probably the coolest shmup I've played on the NES. Probably my favorite in terms of how it feels to play. However, I think it needs to do more if it's going to be on the essential games list. It's a lot of the same thing despite having different settings. That being said, this game is super fun and is definitely a play it. Sam should write into the show more often. It's very uh, succinct and uh, well thought out. <laughs> Sean, what do you what do you got? So I, I had way more fun with the with this game than I thought I would. Uh, I had never heard of Gunsmoke. While I do more recently like the Western setting. Um, even just scanning by and seeing this on the list of games coming up didn't trigger anything in me. Um, and, and I was really put off by the fact that this was going to be similar to Commando. But no, this this game was like a hell of a lot of fun to play. Um, I thought that while it wasn't always perfect, the changes to the controls were very unique and I guess creative in a way. Um, I got into that flow very often. Um, but... I don't know if it's enough for the essential games list um, simply because there are so many other choices for good shmups. Um, it's definitely, like, I will agree with Sam that this is definitely a play it. I think it's in a, the hall of very good games instead of the hall of fame. Um, but I'll continue to play this, but I don't know how long I will. Okay. Uh, very well said. Joe? So I'll be honest, I I actually really struggled with this decision for a while. I went back and forth quite a bit on this. Um, 
I loved this game. I mean, it's like I said, for a shmup to get that response out of me takes a lot. Or, or maybe just shmups haven't been that great so far. Yeah. Maybe I need to play more of them. But uh, just having a unique setting, I think part of that kind of already gives me this like feeling of like, oh, this is different and it's fun and it's new. I think that there's just if I if I look at the essential games list now and the games we have on there, and I look at this game, I think it's like. It just doesn't quite meet that level of, of, of greatness that these other games have had. And if I were, if I were alone making the essential games list, this game would be an honorable mention. Like that's how close it is to me. I think this would be like so close, but like just doesn't make the mark. Um, so I will, I did land on, I'm going to say it's a golden play it. Which I just coined. I love that. <laughs> Stick around for Joe's own podcast where he gold, gives out where he gives gold out golden plays. <laughs> uh, and, and I recommend you check this game out. I just don't know if, if it's quite on the level where I can say this is an essential game in 2019. Not to ramble, but I do think if you're playing exclusively NES games from all the games we've played so far, play this one. This is a, this would be essential on the NES. Okay. Uh, and to be clear, when Sean voted it out, that was the moment that it couldn't even be on the essential games list. So, because of our new rules where it has to be majority, uh, I will keep mine brief, but I have to say that for me, uh, I like to rank every NES game I play. And currently looking at this, it has dethroned Stinger on my list. Oh my. And I consider Stinger essential. So this must be essential to me. Uh, if I'm playing by my own rules. Or we take Stinger off. Right. And so, no, no, it's a good conversation <laughs> and I think it's worth having. Uh, not something we can do yeah, on this right. particular episode. But, uh, I think that for me, Gunsmoke is essential at this moment looking at this list. I, I feel very, um, I feel like this is one of the most fun games that I've had on the NES so far. And I think that it's been an incredible time uh, to be an NES gamer right now with, you know, Mega Man, Contra, and Gunsmoke all coming up. Uh, I will say that, obviously, Gunsmoke is not in the historical uh, society like how Mega Man and Contra are. It's definitely a diamond in the rough, though. Right. But it's, yeah, I think as of right now, this has, like, a kind of, like, Hidden gem or cult status That's for me. What I meant. Yeah, for me. <laughs> yeah. You know, like uh, I'm feeling that right now. So you know, it's kind of cheap because there's no consequences to me voting it essential because it doesn't wind up on our list. But I have to admit that it's doing more for me than Stinger is at the moment, and so I'm definitely gonna say it's essential. All right. Well. All right. Uh, that is nostalgia. I hope everybody does play uh, Gunsmoke after hearing all of this. I don't think it's that expensive of a game uh, when I looked it up. Uh, but, you know, it, no one's under pressure to buy games because we talk about them on the podcast. But you should. Most eBay uh, sellers pay us to do this. Yeah, actually, yeah. We are, or actually, I buy all the copies of the games <laughs> we're about to play and then I sell them on eBay. Uh, I try to buy as many copies of Color of Dinosaur as possible so that by the time we get to that episode, I will be able to own all of them. Uh, no one's done that, right? Like, like uh, think about it. Not. There's a guy, I think, who's collecting like a like every copy of Shaq Fu and his <laughs> like for Sega Genesis or something or Super Nintendo and his plan is to actually destroy them all and like that's terrifying if you think yeah. about it but like he's got he's got like over 200 copies there's got to be at least like 
a dozen people that are are holding on to them just for the conservation purpose, like because this guy is evil. Right. I, well, I would assume so. Uh, but <laughs> assume but, that uh, he's evil, or well, no, no, because like you know, there's Rom preservationists all over the place, but and we stuff need the like physical that. copy. Right. Well, plastic doesn't live forever. Anyway, plastic's got like I think like maybe 150, 200 years before it's like decayed. That's basically forever. That's yeah. I mean, like yeah, it's longer than us. Um, if you think you'll live longer than 150 years, uh, <laughs> right into the show, yeah. right into the show. Um, you know, you can always write into the show. We're, we're gathering a lot of mail right now that we're going to put on a future episode. <laughs> I thought you were going to say we're gathering a lot of personal data. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're always gathering your personal data, which is definitely not true. Uh, we're cool guys. When you write to me, you actually get my email address back. Now I respond via my personal email address. So if you want it, uh, contact us via the website first. <laughs> And then I, if I think you're worth getting in touch with, I get back in touch with you via my email. So that's cool. It's a little neat fact. You can also get in touch with me on Twitter, either using the NostalgiaCast handle, which, hey, we're back to like posting all the time now. Uh, we post every week again, so that's cool. Jumbo uh, there, there was a while where we weren't, and fans were like, What's going on? And I was like, I thought you guys knew how to Google search for box art. Uh, <laughs> no, there's some deep cut stuff in there. It's not just box art. But obviously on a week like side pocket, you can't be expecting yeah. that much. There's no developer commentary. Well, there was but, some interesting stuff in that side oh, pocket. Oh, no, that, yeah, that was though. great. And I mean, like the show notes are definitely accessible for everybody if they want to watch the full Minnesota Fats movie <laughs> on Sega Saturn. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of stuff, you know, we're doing a lot of things and you guys are doing a lot of things. So write in, let us know uh, if you're a fan of the show, let other people know. That's honestly the most important thing you can do. I've had so many people write in and say they found out about it through like Reddit or through like other people recommending it to them or me approaching them on the street. And, Stumble upon. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Stumble upon is another way to find us. Uh, if, you, if you just happen to get lucky, uh, it, it will show up. Uh, also, there's those people right by the New York City subways that hand out postcards of our faces. That's me. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go up. building to building, if every building in the world, is, all your You're entire life, to run into you us. might run into us podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. Just make sure it's the same time that we're in those right. buildings. We're, yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm Mike Esposito. You can find me on at Esposito Film on Twitter, and I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>